It's White Coat Wednesday, and medical correspondent Dr. Mitch Shulman is here. Hey, Dr. Mitch. Good morning, good morning. Okay, so I, I, everybody knew about neti pots. Now every time I look up at a, one of the monitors in, um, in our control room, I see on the news channels these uh, electric devices that will blow water Ooh. up your nose. Um, terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just not a good association, is it? Your body, electricity, no. and water. Water. Um, okay, but does irrigating your nose actually do anything? Yeah, it, it does turn out that if you want to use it, it's a way of keeping the tissue well um, well irrigated, well moisturized, and also may help in the natural process of moving things out of your nose. Now, do you need to do it? No. If it's something you feel uncomfortable doing, don't feel obligated to do it. But certainly many people who feel comfortable do it, do it properly, have practiced doing it, have found it to be a very simple procedure, not as terrifying as it appears to be, and certainly may help. Uh, the key message, though, is you have to do it, one, properly, and two, the water. You can't just use tap water. Uh, tap water has all sorts of things in it, and whereas your stomach and your gut can handle all what's in there, injecting this stuff up your schnoz and hopefully uh, not getting you into trouble uh, is not what the normal water from your tap is intended to do. And so if you're going to do it, which you should do, and everybody who's, uh, who uses these things strongly recommends, one, you keep the device you're using clean. You wash it every time you've used it, number one. And number two, the water you use, you boil the water first properly uh, for a long enough period of time obviously let it cool down yeah. and then store it somewhere safe um, and there are these salt solutions that you can add to it to make it a little bit more effective and more physiologic in other words naturally matching the normal uh, salt content in uh, the fluids that normally would bathe your nose and the rest of your body so if you do it you have to do it right uh, and it, it certainly could help, but don't feel obligated to do it. Uh, people have been surviving without irrigating their noses for a millennia. Uh, so if you want to, feel free, do it properly. It may help without question, chronic sinusitis and other issues like that. But uh, don't feel you have to do it. Okay, good to know. And I like your uh, urgent recommendation that people let the boiling water cool because there is no <laughs> underestimating the stupidity of people. I remember hearing a story. Well, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put up a more polite spin on it. Um, people need to be told what to do uh, because they might think that it needs to be at a certain temperature to be safe. And so I'm I'm not assuming anything, yeah. but yes, I, I think it's important that people understand how to do it properly. I'll have to do a Google search to establish which player it was, but famously a baseball player burned, his, burned himself because he tried to iron his uniform while wearing it. <laughs> Okay, so I won't say a word. <laughs> as we approach the Christmas season, people get stressed out, and I can see obvious reasons. You got, you know, appointments with family members you may not even want to see. You've got to pick the perfect present. If you don't send the right card, everybody judges you. So, what can people do to diminish their Christmas stress? Yeah, realize that there you're. Do what you do because you want to do it, not be feel, because you feel obligated to do it. I think that's point number one. Point number two is this is going to be a stressful time of the year. A lot of people are very unhappy at this time of the year. Don't think you're weird or unusual because you feel unhappy. Many people feel exactly like you. And if it's really bothering you and it's interfering with your day-to-day -day functioning, do get the appropriate help. But in the meantime, take good care of yourself. You know, there's a lot of running around. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of parties. There's a lot of alcohol, not necessarily, but yes, probably a lot of extra food. 
Take time for yourself, even if it's only just a few minutes every day. Uh, exercise. Make certain that that isn't one of the first things that falls by the wayside. Take good care of yourself. Eat properly. Get enough rest. Exercise. Realize you're not alone. I find one of the most important things when I'm feeling stressed is to breathe. We uh, assume that breathing is natural, which it is. I mean, it's something we do all the time to stay alive. But when you're stressed out, you tend to breathe very shallow. And if you stop what you're doing, take a deep breath. In fact, take a couple of deep breaths. And I'm one of those people who believe strongly in the, you know, you take a deep breath, you do it for like a 15 count, hold it for a four or five count, and then let it out for a 15 count or whatever variation of that you want to do. Eight and seven. There's all sorts of different variations. But the key point is that you consciously stop what you're doing, take a few deep, deep, deep breaths, hold them for a few seconds, let them out slowly, and you'll immediately find that a lot of this stress that you are feeling will diminish. But remember, take good care of yourself and you're not alone. There are a lot of people who feel stressed out at this time of the year. It's natural. It's normal. People have talked about brain fog after having COVID. I've maintained that since I had COVID, there's no way to tell if my brain's any foggier than it used Thank to you. be. <laughs> um, but apparently MRIs are showing that there are some abnormalities in the brains of people who have survived COVID. You know, this is a very small study uh, out of India comparing uh, MRIs of people who've had COVID to MRIs of people who haven't, uh, and whether they have symptoms or not, looking at them three months out and seeing changes in specific areas of the brain uh, under the MRI that would be related with functioning, with thinking, with uh, cognitive functions and all of that. And they do find changes, consistent changes across all the people who've had COVID, even though these people may not have symptoms. Now, we do know that there are a significant number of people who will go on beyond a couple of months to have symptoms of COVID, whether it's chest pain, shortness of breath, difficulty focusing, and things like that. That's real. The thing you have to realize is COVID is a viral illness. Uh, and even if you've recovered in the first seven to 10 days, it takes many people at least a month to get over all the effects, to get back their stamina and all these other things. So that's not long COVID. But a certain percentage of people, and we think as many as 15 to 20% of people, may go on to have chest pain and all these other things. There's definitely something going on in the brain and other parts of the body, whether it's persistence of the bug or damage caused by the bug or the body's own immune system. We don't know yet. If you're lucky, you live in a community where there is a long COVID clinic. And if you're having symptoms, you reach out to it or your family doctor refers you to it because you do need a multifaceted approach. And all the studies have shown that a multifaceted approach, physio, occupational therapy, sometimes a psychologist or psychiatrist along with a uh, generalist can lead to improvement. But realize it may take time. Don't be too hard on yourself. You will get better. The question is, how long will it take? Dr. Mitch, thanks so much. Good to have you. A pleasure. You have a great day.